Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. All right, hey everybody. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. It's Liz here and I'm joined by Brian, Justin, and Daniel today. So happy new year to you three as well as to everyone listening. Um, we're recording in the um, early days of 2022 here and we thought we'd jump on here and put together an episode for you all that kind of highlights a few of the big things that happened for the Winnipeg Jets in 2021. Kind of talk about them in, you know, afterwards hindsight kind of thing or also talk about kind of just the events themselves and how they've transpired so far and so on and so forth so we had a couple of topics that we discussed just a couple of minutes before we started here that we think were kind of some of the big events uh so we're just going to kind of go through them chronologically chat about them uh if we could go back and undo them would we sort of thing or even just kind of talking about the effect it's had on the team on the team now so um starting with um january of 2021 we'll just kind of talk about the brief 56 game season that we had last year the crazy bubble thing all that good stuff um but let's quickly talk about the patrick line a pure like to watch trade. so this is something that we've talked about several times. Um, you all know that we have sitting here some of the biggest Pierre-Luc Dubois and the biggest Patrick Laine fans in the world. So obviously this is a topic of discussion that we are very familiar with. Um, but it is something that we were able to reflect on, you know, at the time of the episode that we recorded about the trade, we were like, oh, only time will tell, blah, 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 blah. Well, time has told. Um, and we know a little bit more about both of these players now. Um, so let's chat a little bit about that trade. Maybe I'll throw it to Brian first to start with kind of how you feel about that trade um, about 12 months out from it happening. I still feel relatively indifferent towards the trade. Patrick Laine is still a great hockey player, um, despite a bad year last year. Um, he's played 11 games this season, um, mostly due to injury. Um, I think he's been really good this year for Columbus, to be honest with you. A lot better than last year, much the same with Pierre-Luc Dubois um, here in Winnipeg. So... Is it a good thing for the Jets? Yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois might be the Jets' best player right now, like best all-around player, perhaps. So it's working, I would say, right now. Um, I think Columbus is getting a really good version of Patrick Laine right now as well. So to be honest, like Patrick Laine is still one of my favorite players in the NHL, possibly my favorite. So... I will always be sad about it. I will always miss Patrick Laine. Um, but I guess I guess it's working for Dubois here. Um, a part of me will always wonder what could have been with Patrick Laine, though. That's never going to go away, no matter whether Dubois is a top 10 center in the NHL or the top center in the NHL. Like, I'll always... I'll always miss Patrick Laine and wonder what he could have been here, right? For sure. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, that's that's a good point on Laine. And, you know, when we first got him, won him in the lottery, I remember everyone was, you know, I, I know I was excited. I assume other people were pretty excited too um, that we won the second overall pick in the lottery. And, you know, we see him in his the first home game, I think it was, or whatever, where he scored those two great goals against, I think it was Carolina, and his first, and you're like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is going to be fun, right? Like this, we always needed someone or the Jets always needed someone that was able to score pretty much at will. Like, you know, you, you're, any shot could go in pretty much with Line a. And that's something that's hard to find. And I mean, I get their circumstances surrounding the whole trade and why and all that, but it was a tough, you know, but looking at it now, you know, we got Dubois who's been rolling 
for the Jets this season um, after struggling after arriving here last year during that shortened, weird, weird season they had. So it's good to see that he's kind of come around a little bit uh, with some time with the team and stuff. So it's, it's looking up anyway. I mean, it's oh, we're always going to miss line a, but just move on and hope for the best or Dubois or whatever else uh, ends up happening with that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think, um, like, obviously we all know Hawk that will play like Dubois, and I was hoping we were going to get a better player out of him um, than we saw last year, and so far it seems like we have this to me as a better reflection of who I thought we were getting as a player, and I think most people can agree to that. Uh, I was talking about my dad uh, during the game yesterday, um, and he was sitting there, and he's like, man, this guy's probably going to get the biggest deal that the Winnipeg Jets have ever signed. Hey? And I was like, no, nah, he might, he might. And I don't know if he's going to be worth it, but you know, it's nice to see both players doing a little bit better. Cause like, I know two my two favorite players in the entire NHL, both having the blockbuster trade and being terrible was like, Oh, this sucks. So <laughs> I was like, you know, you want them both to succeed no matter where they are, but Justin, I'll throw it to you. Cause I know I cut you off there. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. I mean, my thoughts on it. I mean, Line A was uh, obviously one of my favorite players too, just like the rest of you guys uh, was supposed to be such a special talent for ever for the Jets, right? Like he was going to be the next uh, Timu Solani, but he was going to actually stay this time and be, you know, win cups here and everything. And so from that uh, aspect, it kind of sucks, but I guess from a, from a hockey standpoint and taking the emotions out of it, kind of reviewing, you know, this uh, bounce back here from Dubois. I mean, I think the Jets won the trade. Uh, Dubois, I think, is a better player than than Patrick Laine right now. I think, uh, you know, he's a center iceman and he's a good play driver. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what, I guess, contract-wise they get uh, down the road. But I think the Jets got the better player. And mm-hmm. uh, as, as much as it, it pains me to say, I love I love Patrick Laine. I mean, Dubois has just been that good this year for the Jets that, that uh, I'm willing to reflect and say, uh, I, I, think, I, I think the Jets came out well out of that fight yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i think the thing though that's nice is that we also know the winnipeg jets very well at this point and the winnipeg jets are a better place for someone like pierre luc dubois who kind of does a little bit of his own play driving and like all these different things whereas patrick wane needs a a unique situation to kind of really you know if you give him the right guys around him in the right situation situation he can score literally 70 goals in a season kind of thing um whereas I think this team wasn't really built to do that for him because that's not really how they roll as much I don't think um so I I don't know like I I think I, I do think we got the better player too but like Justin said like contract wise it'll be interesting to see if we end up paying him like you know nine million dollars then, then maybe they won the trade because I don't know if he's worth that much. Like, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But also, the Jets don't really do that with the contracts. Like, they kind of seem to to give lesser AAVs. So we'll see. I, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out because we'll and we'll know um, in six months time, right? Because he's on his last deal as an RFA, yeah. and I believe Patrick Klein is only on one year two, one one year deal too. So we'll see how much they both get long term after this. Yeah, list the Jets. The Jets are going to trade Pierre Luc Dubois after the season because Mark Chipman won't allow him to make more than the captain. <laughs> Shut your mouth. On to the next. Or, uh, or, or, or. <laughs> make Ala him Mark Stone. Captain. Make him captain, yeah. and then trade Mike Miller. <laughs> uh, there you go. Agreed. Um, 
<laughs> so, yeah, obviously, you know, that we had the strange year of Pierre-Luc Dubois becoming, you know, the legendary 2C that we needed and then just not really fit. Uh, I can't speak today. It's been a while since we've done this, but not really feeling the expectations that we wanted him to. And then having just a bit of a strange year, you know, feeling good about the, the chances of going on a bit of a run because of how terrible the division was, then ending the game, like, or ending the season, like, 2-10 and three or something like that. Like we were just off near the end, then go to the playoffs, sweep and then swept and just kind of a whole, a whole thing. And oh, oh man, sweeping the Oilers just added four years to Paul Maurice's job security, all these different things, all these <laughs> thoughts we had at the time. Um, what do you want to take us through um, kind of the thoughts after the season finished, you know, about those playoff series, about the season as a whole, kind of where you were sitting at the very last day of the Jets season after game four against Montreal saying, where do we go from here? So I would say the Edmonton series was a lot of fun. I will say in four games, I think the Jets got outplayed and they more or less hellebucked the Oilers. Um, and then the next series was just utter disappointment. Of course, you just got destroyed by the Montreal Canadiens and... Yeah, that sucks. It doesn't really matter who the team is. You got destroyed. But, I mean, I guess the playoffs were a lot of fun at a time where I think everyone was still pretty much in lockdown at the time. You couldn't really do anything. And um, it did bring some joy, the, the Edmonton series. But after that, it was like, at the end of the Montreal series, you're all hoping for a coaching change because at that point it was like you had the same thing over and over and over again for how many years it wasn't working. Um, when it was when it became apparent they were going to stick with Maurice, then it was really frustrating. It was hard to be anything but disappointed and maybe a little bit apathetic towards the team at that point. So. I wasn't really feeling too good about it at that point. That's probably where I was at at that point. It kind of sucked. Yeah, no, I agree. Like kind of my thoughts after that were, yeah, like it's hard because you're sitting there and you're like, why do I watch hockey? Right. And you're like, is it because it's fun? Yeah. I watch hockey because it's fun. Um, So then you're, you're like, why should I be sad after that? Oilers series because it was fun and that's why we watch sports right but then it's kind of the deeper meaning of all that of did we really outplay them to the point where everyone should be happy with the season and not really look, like all these different things right so yeah and we thought that you know that had bought Paul Maurice more time and stuff like that and then just that awful series that they were able to attribute oh it's because we didn't have Mark Scheifele and different things like that like it was just yeah it was a very very interesting time and I, I yeah apathetic I think is a good word too for like at the end of the season you're just like okay so it's more of the same, more of middle of the pack stuff. Like, okay, like, do you want me to just copy paste my reactions from the last three years? Because it's about the same. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that's... That... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, no. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, the end of that series was 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 tough. I mean, they just got absolutely bullied by a Canadian team that like barely even snuck into the playoffs, right? And. I, I know, you know, they ended up going to the cup final and whatnot, but like, they're not really that good of a team. And, you know, you thought maybe it was the year, right? They, they, uh, held the buck, the Oilers, whatever they, they, they swept them. Right. And it's like, Oh, well, 
maybe the Jets can actually make a run. The North isn't uh, as strong as the other divisions. They got a favorable matchup in the <laughs> second round. You're like, everything's working in our favor here. Like this could be the year. And then that series hits and it's just, it's just misery. I mean, obviously everything you guys said about, you know, the extension for Maurice, I mean, kind of where I was at. And I think I'm still at today is like, what really is the best uh, like option going forward for this franchise? Like they're not really a top 10, like Stanley cup contending team. And they're also not like a bottom 10, like lottery team. So they're in the worst spot. They, you can be really in the NHL, which is in the middle of the pack. You're not really competing for the Stanley cup unless you get really lucky. And you're not obviously getting like high end talent at the draft, unless again, they fall and you get really lucky. So like, I mean, and I'm kind of still at here right now. Like, I mean, I just, wasn't sure what the move was going forward and they got kind of a aging core in guys like Wheeler and Stasny. And then they got some really good young prospects like Hanela and Perfetti. And then they got Ehlers and Connor who are in their prime. So it's just like, it's kind of like the jets are a mess and they need to pick a direction. That's kind of where I was at. Well, and that's a good kind of segue into for the first time ever headlines, the jets off season seemed to pick a direction. Right. So that was something that I remember I was in my car. I was about T minus half an hour from getting an illegal turn ticket. (laughs) When I, uh, no, okay. Empress and Ellis can't turn left until 10 PM. What? Like, don't ask me why that's a thing. I was like five 30. No, anyways, we got the news about the Nate Schmidt, no, the Brennan Dillon trade. And then the Nate Schmidt trade happened a couple days later, sort of thing. Like it was just, and that was what we had said. We're always, you know, this team doesn't have to do anything substantial because they aren't a losing team there, but they aren't a winning team either. And the mediocrity is just kind of something that we're all used to and kind of all that stuff. But then we traded for two good defensemen after say, or two defensemen um, with <laughs> substantial term and call and money, whatever that are supposed to be good. Um, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but it was clearly the Jets were addressing their biggest hole um, and saying, we're going forward with this. And that was something that, you know, we were a little bit surprised to see. I know I was surprised to see them trade for two guys like that. Um, I wasn't sure what they were going to do. So that I thought that really gave the team a little bit of direction that said, we have to win now, um, which I think was the right way to go. I think they had too many good assets to, um, to want to rebuild or anything like that um, right away. But um, in hindsight, maybe they should have done that two, three years ago. They should have started rebuilding. Who knows? This is not about two, three years ago. This is about right now. So then they made those trades, brought in those defensemen. Daniel, what were your thoughts at the time of that, um, those trades? And the when they brought in. Signing as well. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Can you repeat that? Oh, I just said, and the staffs and signing as well. It just kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at that time, I guess, you know, we're all kind of still, I guess we were kind of over the playoff loss by that time the time they're making those moves. And it was kind of surprising, to be honest. Like, the Jets don't very often do, like, trades like that. Like, they weren't, like, big blockbuster trades, but they were giving up uh, um, futures, like, or draft picks for for players not at the trade deadline. Like, this was an offseason at this point, right? So they were trying to do something. And, I mean, uh, Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt, I I was high, like they seemed like decent acquisitions at the time. I mean, it kind of sucked because we that we knew the fate of Vili Hainala, what his fate was going to be at this time, or we had a very good idea. Um, and we've been right about that, or people have thought this, and it's pretty much happened this season. Um, but at the, t- at the time, you know, and then they re signed Paul Stassi, you know, he's still 
still capable. I think this season, I can't really say that for sure. I don't think he's been. I've liked his great. game to be honest. Yeah. Like he hasn't been like a superstar, but he hasn't been bad either. Like he's just up mm-hmm. there. He's doing he's... what you expect from him. Yeah. So that, so that was fine, you know, and that's kind of what I was hope, or thinking and hoping at that time of that, of re-signing Paul Sassi as well. I was like, okay, well, if he played, plays up to what we know he can, that's good enough. That's, you know, it's worth that. It's worth that investment for sure. And it did kind of show that they were maybe taking a proper look into what they should be doing, like a win within this year and maybe next year kind of thing is what you're hoping. Obviously you still need Hellebuck to play at a Vesna level, which this season so far they really have, or they, I guess they have had, but it kind of took a while for him to get going a little bit and then a little bad luck and all that stuff in there. But so, yeah, so at that time, you know, when they made those trades, I was pretty, like, I was happy. I was satisfied. You know, they actually committed to something, not kind of just muddled around and signed a couple of 39 year olds or whatever to put, they did sign Riley Nash, which at the time too, we didn't think that was a horrible, awful thing. (laughs) It turned out not so well in in the end, but at that time it was like, okay, well, you know, a depth fourth line center that can maybe kill some penalties and uh, is some kind of elite power play right-handed shot guy. <laughs> I was well, going to so. say, imagine going back to August and <laughs> being like, guess what? You signed Riley Nash. You know what that is, right? Oh yeah. 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 Nothing happens. He's on the ice. Penalty can't all, all that good stuff. Yeah. 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 He's going to have more minutes on the power play than on the penalty kill with the Winnipeg. Oh. <laughs> you would have been was, like, uh... oh, that was silly. You know? At least they didn't wait. Like at, at least they got, at least they waved them. Like <laughs> yeah, they cut it? their 15, losses, 20 right? games yeah. in. It wasn't like, it wasn't like Nate Thompson where they just kept going, 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 going. It was like, I mean, he was the, he was the locker room guy, you know, but at least, you know, they made the room for whoever's going to come up now. Like whether David Gustafson seizes the opportunities injured now right i guess we were talking about the off season right like i shouldn't be talking about this right now (laughs) it's all relative (laughs) anyway but um yeah i was actually gonna gonna talk about the dylan and schmidt trades like it was the right idea i think with the aging core for sure um i don't know like at the time it, it was a good it was a good bet, but it was always going to be a long shot bet. Um, like I think, especially with Schmidt, like the last couple of years, his underlying numbers had certainly taken a hit. He wasn't the same player he was in Vegas. It was questionable as to how much of that was playing in Vancouver's system, but I guess this year has shown that you know he's still not the guy he once was. I mean, he, maybe he's been fine, like but probably not more than fine. And Dylan, I liked him for, I didn't like him at the start. Then I liked him for a little bit. And then recently his defense has gone to shit again. So it's, it's been a tough, it's been a tough year, especially defensively for Brendan Dylan. And the, the pairing that I thought was really going to be good. The Dylan Pionk pairing is, it's just not been there for them. So unfortunately you burned two second rounders and a third rounder. And now you have Nate Schmidt locked up for three more years after this one at a heavy cap hit. Um, so was it the right idea at the time? Probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's working out right now. 
I'll be honest, when the news hit, I was just so hyped that I wasn't going to have to see Tucker Pullman and Derek Forbert trotting out in the top four. So, you know. That's totally it, fair. <laughs> yeah. When it hit, I was so hyped. I'm like, oh, my God, we're actually going to have a good decor now. And, yeah, kind of reality set in, I guess, on on Schmidt and Dolan. And while they're fine and their upgrades on, on uh, you know, the aforementioned names, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not world beaters. They're not number one D, which is what the Jets really need. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm kind of indifferent on them. And on the Hainala thing, um, yeah, it does kind of suck not getting him in there. Like, for me, though, um, if I'm the GM and I have no idea if Chevy's thinking this way, I'm doing that with the understanding that I think Hainala has a spot to slot in on the bottom pair with the mellow rather than Logan Stanley. But that's just me and like fight me on this. I don't think I'm wrong. Philly Hainala had a better training camp than Logan Stanley. It's probably an unpopular opinion, but that's I... just the way I saw it. I thought Hainala had an excellent camp and people, they only remember the first like two shifts against the wild in the preseason game. And they're going <laughs> to go ahead and say he had a bad camp, which is no, I, ludicrous. Like... I not to be that bitch, but I was there. Okay, like I was at most of training camp this year. I I was at one, and I was, and you weren't there. I was, I was, I was upset. I wanted to see you. (laughs) (laughs) I yeah, no, I went to quite a few of them. Um, and I um was tunnel vision every time he and his competitor Logan Stanley were on the ice. Not exactly because I knew they were duking it out over a spot, but also because it's so hard not to look at Logan Stanley when he's on the ice. And it's also so hard not to look at him really hate when he's on the ice too, because they're just both magnetizing players, one in a good way, one in a tall way. Right. So it's like, I, (laughs) I was watching them both very closely and I think they both make obvious mistakes. And what I mean by that is that Logan Stanley is just so transparent and blatant in the way that he plays, where it's just like, if he coughs at the puck, like it looks like the worst puck cough up you've ever seen in your life. And really handle reminds me of a kind of high risk, high reward sort of player. Whereas he's like, he's um, you know, he's quick and he's aggressive and all these things. And he's not exactly the Dylan develop type of player that's, you know, kind of reserved and all that kind of stuff. So his mistakes look like mistakes in those early shifts of the Minnesota gamer. Was it Minnesota? No. It was Minnesota, I believe. No, because we I think it was play- Ottawa. We, I think it was, it was Ottawa. Because we yeah. only played um, Canadian teams in the preseason this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Then it must not. Then um, it must not I, I don't know why I was remembering Minnesota. I, yeah, there was an Ottawa game. I was I was at one of the preseason Ottawa games, and he was there, and I had my Might have been poster, Ottawa. And I was like, guys, like this is. But yeah, like I, I thought he had a really good training camp. Like he just looked good, and when he was on rushes with Demello and stuff, I was like, I can see this pairing working so well for them. But Logan Stanley signed a contract this summer and was protected in the expansion draft and scored two goals on Carey Price. Like I like I just it was so clear cut from the beginning to me that he was going to make the team and handle it wasn't, and it was so crushing to see what I thought was a really strong training cap from Billy Hainola just for him to get the same kind of treatment. That sounds like he's being treated poorly, but just the same kind of you're not him sort of mentality. I feel like with this team that doesn't work for me, I don't get it. I just don't get it. For me, it was like, if he had that camp on virtually any other roster, he's making the team. Like aside from that first period, of the first game he was excellent in the preseason and like you, you said Liz, you went to you went to a lot more training camp than i did Liz. so 
And yeah, you saw, and like you saw those practices, right? And the thing is, like, I'm a big sample size person, right? Like we all are. And like, I didn't see anything new from him at training camp. And in those practices, like I was the same player that I've always liked. And it's you're reinforced by all these things that you know that he's good at. And he's doing them all in practice. And just like, you know, the puck in the corner, the easy turn, like he's just so good with like everything. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like you all the things that we knew he was good at, he was extremely good at all the things that Logan Stanley is bad at. We knew he was bad at, he was bad at them in training camp. Like it was just, I didn't see much of a difference in those players and what I already knew. It kind of just reinforced my current thoughts on them sort of thing. So it was, it wasn't like training camp was my deciding factor by any means, but you know, I'm going to reiterate. I don't think it's like Logan Stanley can't play in the NHL or anything, but he can play in a sheltered role. I think he's shown that, but I think you want, I think you want to make the most out of every spot in your lineup. And I'm just not so sure you're doing that. Yeah. Like opportunity costs, right? Like, do you, at at the end of the day, do you think your team wins more hockey games with Billy Hanala in that spot than with Logan Stanley? And I think, yes, I'd agree. Um, uh, um, just kind of the year so far, as far as like on ice results, players, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're about, I don't even know. We've had, some games postponed and stuff. We're at what 32 or so games into the season. I'm completely making that up. Yeah. 30. The Jets have played 31 games was yesterday against Vegas. That's closer yeah. than I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, 31 games that we've played since yesterday. Um, what are kind of your thoughts so far, Justin, on kind of what we've seen from this, this, this team, these players? I mean, it's been quite an up and down season. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we had the, uh, the whole, uh, you know, we were, we were first in the division at one point, I think. And then as soon as we reached that spot, we kind of like free fell and ended up getting Maurice either fired or shown the door or quitting or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, I mean, kind of something that I never really saw coming. I didn't, uh, I didn't think it would happen that quickly. It kind of, you know, I mean, I was still caught up in, in the Bombers winning the Grey Cup. Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was so unexpected. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, the Jets, like, I I think they're just, it's 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 hard to really get a good gauge on, like, what this team really is. Like, I, I think they're really just a, an average team, middle of the pack. Their mm-hmm. underlying numbers are about average. The special teams kind of, well, the penalty kill anyway sucks. The power play has been good. And I think they're just kind of an average team with some really talented players and they can get streaky. And I mean, yeah, it's uh, certainly no, uh, no lock for the playoffs. Here's what I saw. You had, you had a start where it was like, okay, they could do some things. Um, Then it took them a little while to get going. And then they put Connor Dubois and Svechnikov together forced by injury, by the way. Um, and they absolutely took off and created offense like nobody's business. Um, they outshot, outscored the opposition at a pretty crazy rate. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and then they had uh, Stastny Ehlers running together, the line that was so good for them last season. And... It, it wasn't quite running to that level. I think Nick Ehlers was struggling a little bit to start the season. Maybe he's 
he was dealing with an injury or something. Um, and I think he got that a little bit rectified later on. Regardless, uh, you had those lines that were going. You had after um, after Wheeler and Shifley came out of COVID protocol, you actually had Lowry with Shifley and Wheeler. And that was three lines that looked like they could kind of get it done, um, especially as a third line, having Shifley and Wheeler on it. Like, we harp on those guys a lot, especially playing together. But if they're down in the lineup and you've got two other lines that are going, that's good. You've spread out the talent successfully and you can win a lot of games that way. So I think they stuck with that for a grand total of two games. And then it was, okay, we got to get Wheeler going now. Let's go put him with (sighs) and inexplicably break up our best line who had been one of the best lines in the NHL to that point. So at that point it was like, okay, this is classic Maurice. He's going to keep doing those things and it's just going to continue pissing us off. Let's just make a bloody coaching change already. (laughs) Which <laughs> after a bunch more games of Connor Shifley Wheeler and all that fun jazz, it was, yeah, eventually, um, I guess Maurice or saying step down. Um, we'll take that for what it is. Um, anyway, so um, now enter Dave Lowry. He's only had a few games really to do anything with but the systems more or less have remained the same and he hasn't really changed up any of the line combinations. And to be fair, that Stastny Shafley Ehlers line is going now. Um, so I like that. Um, and then, but then there's the thing with the young players, right? Like they had a perfect opportunity to play Perfetti um, in the game last night. Who knows what they're going to do tomorrow night. Um yeah um we're still very questionable about the coaching situation i think um they definitely need to add a progressive type voice in there for head coaching and who knows maybe maybe lowry is that and i'm uh just unnecessarily down on him right now but just because of my pessimism who knows (laughs) I'm not going to completely write them off after, <laughs> after three games. It's not like I had, it's not like I have nine years. Like I did with Maurice. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of hopeful. Um, hopeful. I don't know if that's the right words, but when they had the, like that little extended Christmas break, I was like, okay, hey, they're going to get a few practices in. Mm-hmm. That's when you might want to implement some different things. Like, cause you know, his first game, they had no, like it was that day. And then his second game was like, it was his first game was a Friday. His second game was like two days later. So there's no practice in there. And that does, you know, you see that very often when teams bring in an interim or a new coach stuff doesn't change instantly necessarily, especially. And that's, but then they had this, whatever, two weeks off. And I think they've had like three or four um, practices at least. uh, with Lowry. Yeah. Like real practices, like full. So and then we see yesterday um, that during the Vegas game, uh, we didn't see much change. And people say, well, they were off for two weeks. Vegas has played four games in that time, whatever. Um, but we still didn't see any really structural changes that I really noticed. I didn't quite catch the whole game. But, uh, you know, it, that's, what, that's what we need is, you know, we need better structures. And 
stuff like that, a better game, essentially a better game plan overall. Um, so that's kind of what I was hoping in this time off, you know, they have like a little bit of a mini training camp kind of thing, you know, trying to get some new ideas, new things going And the power play. They did change up a little bit the style of it. I think from what it was with Maurice, a little bit different. So that's maybe some kind of promise, even though the power play was doing all right with like, you know, they have that, they have that good enough talent that if you get them the chances, they're going to bury it. Like whatever. I don't know what their power play rate was is this year. Probably not too bad, I guess, but yeah, my and then the penalty kill. Well, they need to fix that. Yeah. I like, and sometimes the other team can dictate what you're doing too, in terms of what it looks like from a system standpoint. But my vibes so far from Lowry are the roster decisions and all that are pretty much the same as Maurice. Like none of that has changed. Yeah, whatsoever. that for sure. Yeah. The deployment yeah. is the exact same. Um, well, but to, to kind of play a bit of a devil's advocate to that, like, is that not what you were expecting? Like when you hire from within, it makes sense. Like they know the man, they know Palmeries, they know the Palmeries system, all these things. So they're not going to just go and change it on a dime because they probably have respect for it and all these different things. Like, and they just have similar ideas and all these things. And that's why they were drawn to the organization in the first place or the organization was drawn to them. Right. So I'm not overly surprised that we haven't seen a ton of different things with uh, Dave Lowry than we saw with Paul Maurice. Um, But that being said, more time will tell. Um, Chevy was very clear that he will be the coach for the rest of the year. So we have 50 more games to sort of figure out who he is. Um, But as far as just the year as a whole, like the Paul Maurice resignation, like that was the exact way. Like if you, Two years ago, you gave me a pen and paper and said, write down how you think Maurice's exit from this team is going to go. When it happens, I would have said he's going to have a resignation. The town will celebrate him. Like, all these things. That's exactly how it was written to end for him. Um, You know, nice and classy, as it always is. Things like that. Um, And, you know, whose decision was it? Whose choice was it? We may never know. And that's okay. Um, but it was the direction the team needed to go. We all knew that. Um, and there wasn't, you know, there didn't have to be a ton of, I told you so, because even the people who have been on his side and backing him all this time realized this team needs something different right now. Um, and is Dave Lowry different enough? Probably not. Um, but I guess we'll see as the, the rest of the season shakes out, but as far as players and so on and so forth go this year, I've been really happy with Kyle Connor's season. Um, and I've been happy with Josh Morrissey in the sense that I'm just happy that he's better than he was last year by how much I'm not sure. Um, and I've been a little bit underwhelmed with um, guys like Shifley and Neil Pionk and things like that. Um, but as a whole, this is a pretty similar Jets team as to what I feel like I've seen in the last couple of years where it's, you know, good days, bad days, things like that. I don't know if Justin, you want to touch on kind of your thoughts along those lines. Um, well, another guy, like, I mean, you, you talked about, about Connor and, and yeah, I think he's having kind of like that, that Nick Ehlers kind of breakout season, like, like Ehlers kind of had last year where he put together the analytics and the the shooting. And I think Kyle Connor's kind of having that kind of a season this year. Like we're seeing him actually like in years past, he was a constant drag on, uh, you know, like shot share and whatnot. And in this year, I mean, you know, he uh, was part of that Dubois, Connor, Svechnikov line that was so good and, uh, you know, kind of evolving his game into being a little bit uh, more of, you know, something more than just a finisher. So I really loved uh, Kyle Connor's game in, in that respect. And I, I mean, another guy that I can't give enough praise to is, uh, is Svechnikov, uh, Evgeny, uh, coming in on a, on a PTO. You know, he started the year 
I think he was he was signed to the Moose or something like that, and then he uh, he signed the contract on on uh, the first game uh, on the game day of the first game, and then he was scratched for that game, and he worked his way from kind of like the bottom and then into a scoring role with two of some of the best offensive players in the NHL, and he didn't luck out of place. So I think that's tremendous value that they got uh, 750k right and like a league minimum and. He's been kind of that kind of player that you can really play anywhere and he doesn't look out of place. So uh, lots of props to, to him there. I mean, I guess some of the guys that I've been disappointed with is, uh, is Christian Veselin and like, uh, you know, obviously uh, back in, back in the day when he was a, a youngin and he was tearing up the KHL, I thought maybe he was going to be, uh, you know, like a, a legit like stud uh, first, second line kind of scorer point of game player and he just really hasn't shown anywhere as close to that sort of upside in his game I mean it's not like he's been brutal by any means but he just at this point kind of just looks like a guy and uh, not a whole lot really to write home about uh, with him so I mean yeah I was hoping that he could at least carve out and be like a, a middle six finisher perhaps I mean they should be given him a look on the power could. play I think he could still be a middle six mm-hmm. finisher. Like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I like, I, I agree. I just think this season he's been pretty inconsistent, I guess is, is the word. And I mean, I'd like to see him on the power play where he could utilize his shot or at least play with some more skill that could create for him. Cause he doesn't seem like much of a creator of his own, of his own offense. I think, I think anyone who was expecting a star when they drafted him was having a little bit too lofty expectations, but I think he's been okay. I, a couple of years ago, I guess was the disappointment when he came over to the moose and was maybe was a half point a game player in the AHL at, I think he was 20 years old at the time. Um, What's he now? 22. Um, so I think the expectations needed to be tempered after 23. Okay. I think the math in my head. Yeah. I think he's 23. No, he's 22. He's 22 right now. 22 and a half. Uh, June, June 1st, 99. So he's 22 and a half. Right on. Wait, what? (laughs) Um, he's younger than Dubois. Oh, he's a 2017 pick. I thought he was a 2016 pick. Never mind. Yeah, Don't 24th overall in uh, 2017. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, uh, Veselainen. So, yeah, he's not a super driver of offense. Was he ever? I'm not sure of that. Um, and I still think he could be – I think he is a decent finisher whenever he's – given the opportunity he just hasn't been given much opportunity uh he played one game with uh connor and dubois i think it was the last game before the uh before the break there and i thought they did really well together um and to be fair everybody pretty much has been doing well with connor and dubois yeah (laughs) so it is what it is but that's that's the type of role you need him in not a driver role um but a guy who can finish and Mm -hmm. He can hold his own in his own end as well. So that's, I'm quite happy with yeah. that. 
So yeah, I really, I'm uh, a little, I'm a little higher on Veselainen than you are, Justin. <laughs> I can all. tell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really I, like uh, Veselainen in the D zone. Actually, I was just, you just mentioned that he can hold his own. Like, I think he does a pretty good job in the D zone, which is very, very important as well. Right. And he's able to finish when he gets the proper uh, opportunities and the proper skill. I mean, when you're playing on the fourth line with Onanato and guy, like you're not gonna, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get chances you know right. so you know if he gets the right opportunities and takes advantage when he has them that's that's the key part right to kind of earn that role or whatever you got to do and who uh, justin probably mentioned him on the power play you know maybe it might be nice to give him a chance there but you know it's, oh, they it's, did. it's right wing right wing on, yeah <laughs> that was the goofiest thing ever in the preseason they had vessel on in net front and dubois on the right side that's yeah. backwards that's, yeah that's... <laughs> that was that was such a head scratch. Right? Oh, I just yeah. didn't understand it. And neither like, of them's a right handed shot anyway. So what what are they even? <laughs> I think I I, I want to wrap it up because I have one final prompt that people might you know take and go on a tangent with. Uh, but I'm going to start. I'm going to give you guys some time to think about it because I've had time to think about it. So 2021 is over, um, and I want everyone to give me a highlight, um, a surprise a bad thing and a disappointment from the year. So um, I'll start. So my highlight um, is the third period and overtime of game three against the Oilers. That was easily my highlight of the year for Jets hockey. Um, I watched the highlights all the time. It was just so much fun. Like all those goals and just that, <laughs> that Stastny faceoff win, the Oilers shot to win and then him running to Helly away from Stanley, like all, all everything about it was just perfect. Um, so that was probably my highlight. Um, my surprise uh, was I was hoping I was going to get my own moment to speak about this, but Justin took it from me um, <laughs> to talk about Evgeny Svechnikov. I have been so happy with him. I'm happy for him. Um, I love the 2015 draft. Like they're one of my favorite classes to sort of, you know, see where are they now kind of thing. And I was always kind of underwhelmed with his career trajectory and things like that. So I'm really happy that he's been able to kind of find a place here and that he's exceeded people's expectations. And I hope he comes back um, and is healthy soon. Um, and yeah, bad thing. Um, I'm going to say, um, this is such a recency bias type thing. Um, but the two Gustafson injuries, just, oh, I feel yeah. so bad for that guy. Like just so underwhelmed with kind of how he's been so good for the moose. And then he's had a couple of chances and it's just rotten, rotten luck. So I feel so bad for him. Just allows a way for his career to sort of start off, um, in a year where he should be you know, an incredible fourth line center for this team. And then disappointing, I think is probably going to be Billy Hanola just because it's one of those things where you're like, maybe finally this is the year that we're going to get to see him do what he can do. And you know, that's, that's not it. Um, and also not a prediction. I'm going to add prediction for 2022 or something you'd like to see happen. This is my most controversial take. And I want to see how you guys feel about this. So I don't want Dave Lowry to be the head coach of this team going forward. I want them to hire Mike Johnson. I know Mike, Mike Johnson. Johnson. I know Mike Johnson is not an NHL coach. I don't know if Mike Johnson has ever coached hockey in his entire life, <laughs> but I think he's one of the smartest mainstream media people. And I think that we only scratch the surface with him when he's on TSN shows and stuff like that, because you can't really, get into it but everything he says is so conscientious and is so smart and I just think he's great and I would love to see him coach the Winnipeg Jets and I just think he'd be so refreshing so I, I would love <laughs> I don't know about him as a coach but I think he'd be a great front office guy 
Yeah, or like a GM or something like that. Get Chevy out of there and bring in. I, I just I want Mike Johnson to be part of my team, and I want my team to have a new coach. So that's my. Uh, <laughs> I I would love to see it. I'd love to give him a shot up there. I think it'd be great. I, but that being said, if Mike Johnson wanted to coach, he would be coaching right now. I'm sure he's happy where he is. But whatever. Yeah. Anyways, so maybe I'll throw it to Daniel to sort of go along. If you forget, because I give you so many prompts. Um, <laughs> a surprise a bad thing and a disappointment from the year so far or not so far. Um, so the highlight for 2021 as a whole was probably game four against Edmonton, just winning the game, that Kyle Connor goal. That was, it I love that. Back check. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was all, you know, the guys couldn't even skate. That, that was, was that also triple overtime? I think that, that it was, was so long. Yeah, I think it was the guys long. couldn't skate. I, I was barely awake at that, at that moment until he scored. Then I was wide awake for about two hours after. So that was, <laughs> that was, that was fun. And you know, that, that, that whole series really just sweeping the others was kind of a highlight of 21 as a whole, so even outside of the sports realm, just in general with how, the world was at that time was really something a little uplifting and that kind of helped. Um, what was the next uh, so surprise was the next, the next thing. Um, yeah. So my surprise probably was um, Paul Maurice resigning or being fired or whatever we want to call that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I like this kind of meant to touch on it earlier. I kind of imagine him either resigning, like which he did, but maybe not in the middle of the season. You know, I thought it would be at the end of a season, whether that be the end of this season or the end of last season, like after the playoffs. Um, and it would be more like a retirement thing. Like he's, you know, he's, he, he retires. That's kind of where I, what I expected from Maurice, just like Lucas had mentioned. So having him do it in the middle of November, the middle of December or whatever, whenever the date was there was, it was, it was surprising, you know, that he, that he resigned, resigned, whatever. But so that was, that was kind of my surprise for the, for 2021 for the Jets. Yeah, you just didn't, didn't expect it mid-season pretty much. It was kind of kind of weird, I thought, um, for the situation. Um, what was next? Dis- disappointment? A bad thing. Or a bad thing. Oh, a bad thing. Um, bad thing for 2021. Okay, so... Oh. This is this is tough. There's been a few bad things, hasn't there? <laughs> Too many um, to pick from. <laughs> there's, the whole year, yeah. there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things that that happened to the Jets overall um, in in the 2021 calendar year. Um, I guess, you can skip it if you can. I, yeah, I think I think the the bad thing I will kind of it's a little bit of recency uh, bias as well. I guess a little bit is. And I mean, I know they're not playing together now, but that we saw Connor Shifley Wheeler as a regular fixture for the stretch of games that they were when everyone was healthy and playing. Um, and I understand that was with Maurice's coach, so we should just expect that. But it's always disappointing or always set bad or whatever. Um, you know, and then the next thing was disappointing, right? I kind of got those two mixed up. But as much as I like Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, I think the line A trade is as we started the thing off, that was really just, it's, it was sad that it happened. Yeah, trading um, what should be your all-star player. Yeah, it's... Beginning, two games into a season is yeah, very disappointing. I don't care, like... Yeah, it, it was, it was sad, and I love, and I love Dubois, and I defended him all last year, too, like, 
So, you know, it was, it, I love them, but I like, I like line A as well. It's just unfortunate the way that it had to happen. I trashed Dubois. Hate the guy's guts, actually. <laughs> I'm an Careful. asshole. I, 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 um, I hate and then, the player's personality. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, that's what I do. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> uh, um, and then a prediction. Um, I don't know. Or a hope. Jets, or a hope. Jets get second in the, in the division this year. I don't know. So lame. Terrible. Oh, pipe dream. Oh, that's... just like this is uh, this is Mike Johnson as head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel goes to sleep at night and dreams of the Jets getting second in the Central in 2022. Yeah, yeah. Hellebuck, Hellebuck's gonna be uh, uh, what? How many games they got left? Fifty. Hellebuck's gonna be uh, win about 37 games in the second half. Remember. Ladies Justin. and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you should be just to watch my facial expression <laughs> when these guys are saying their hopes or predictions because this is <laughs> wild. <laughs> Justin, do you want to uh, like completely make my jaw hit the floor? <laughs> <laughs> no, Justin's prediction is that Nick Patan is going to become the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> The tables have turned. <laughs> I run the ship now. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna bring Paul Maurice back just to demote. <laughs> Anyways, Justin, go ahead with your um your 2021 okay. thoughts there. Well, what do we even have? Like, I feel like I've been given like an exam here of things. What <laughs> what is the need a good okay. thing? A highlight, a surprise, something bad, and something disappointing. Okay. Um, the highlight is obviously uh, anything to do with the Oilers, but since you guys took it, I'll get a little bit uh, fun here, and I'll say the uh, the uh, Pierre Luc Dubois uh, Austin Matthews wrestling match uh, at the end of the year. There, uh, I thought that was hilarious. It was guys at the game, and it was like at the corner that I was sitting in, so I had like such a good view of it, and I was like getting out of my seat i was so i was so hyped i was i was loud that was that was so fun and then <laughs> that was that like was... seeing the replay of it too it's like oh my god like those two were going at it <laughs> my um my least sorry to cut you off but i have a lot of leaf fans friends and they don't listen to the podcast bless their souls i love them all but they were like oh matthews is such a disciplined player like dubois a, a, an idiot so he wasn't gonna buy into his game and he's like oh they're like oh matthews could beat him up if he wanted to i was like dude come no. on dubois just being a prick and it was <laughs> funny like leave it leave it at that it was hilarious and like the levels to it too like obviously they were in the same draft class and they're both really good and like i i, I just i i loved it um it's a great we, pick it's a great pick <laughs> what do we have next it's surprise right um as far as surprises go i'll go with uh the fact that the jets made uh three like actual hockey trades and like not like deadline like pending ufa like they, they made the, the the big line a blockbuster and then obviously uh oh, okay. kind of going for it with schmidt and dylan i mean the Jets like never do that kind of thing, right? They're very like safe and they don't make a lot of noise. And just the fact that they actually went for it and made a, a bit of a splash, I guess, three big trades like that in a year in, in one calendar year is something that I was pretty surprised about. Um, what's next? Uh bad thing? Bad uh, thing, yes. Okay. Uh well, all of it, but uh <laughs> no, uh 
the penalty kill slash Charlie Huddy. I mean, like he, yeah, that penalty kill is just so brutal. It has single-handedly like made the Jets lose probably like three games already this year. You sound um, like because... sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it's been terrible. Like it, you can't it can't be that bad. Like something has to change, and I think that some of it has to do with Charlie Huddy and the the way that he, he runs the defense and it's it's stale and it's it's bad and uh disappointment um i mean the penalty kill but i just said that uh <laughs> disappointment is the fact that the jets didn't win the cup last year i was uh really uh hoping that was going to happen i thought it was thought it was happening after the sweep of the oilers so uh <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. and then instead <laughs> what did we get a fat maroon three-peat like are you kidding me like give me a <laughs> break <laughs> the jets would have been so much cooler to win the cup like come on <laughs> everyone loved it you guys all had at least one crazy answer in there what do you mean? These are opinions. Justin hasn't even done his prediction. He yeah. hasn't even done his prediction yet. <laughs> Wait oh, till okay. you. I want to see your reaction for my prediction, Brian. Come on. Let me finish here. Uh, so my prediction <laughs> is uh, the Jets uh, win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> They're going to do it all. <laughs> they go 52-0 and and they sweep all four rounds and Dave Lowry is like inducted into the Hall of Fame as the best coach ever. <laughs> Dave, Dave Lowry is no happen. longer coach of the Winnipeg Jets. He becomes they, commissioner of the NHL if, after that. And C- Christian Reichel, too, becomes uh, an all-star. 50-goal <laughs> season. If, okay. if, those first th- if those first things happen, I think I can live happily ever after. Christian Reichel. <laughs> you, you just like my facial expressions, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Hit us with yours, Brian, and then we'll wrap her up. And don't be boring, Brian. I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta come up with something really. <laughs> so what is it? The uh, the. It's some terrible memories. I only give you five things. The good, <laughs> the good thing, the, uh, the, the highlight, the, the, the highlight, surprise, something the bad, highlight. Something that's what you call it. You call you call it a highlight. That's right. Yeah. Um, the highlight was Nikolai Ehlers last year not just in the regular season but he was the jets best player full stop in the playoffs and he got those two goals and it was just awesome to be able to go hey look nikolai ehlers can actually score in the playoffs almost <laughs> like a zero percent shooting percentage was unsustainable Really? Nikolai Ehlers was so fun to watch last year and in the playoffs. So that was, that was my highlight. Um, my, uh, my surprise. Gee. Um, my surprise, my surprise. Gonna go with um the Connor Dubois Svechnikov line. I didn't think at any point that they would promote a guy who was just on a, or who was, who made it on a PTO to the second line in any attempt to spread out the lines or to spread out the talent, pardon me. Um, but they did it and it worked. Um, 
and it was freaking awesome for <laughs> the time that it was together. Um, so yeah, that was my, uh, I guess, surprise. Um, the bad thing, God, there's, there's a lot I could go with here. Um, gee, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, no, I'm not going to go with that. Um, <laughs> Connor Shifley Wheeler. We saw so much Connor Shifley Wheeler. Um, in 2021 and we knew it wasn't going to work and it didn't work and it was just the most frustrating thing in the world um the disappointment uh i will say is the breakup of the connor dubois svechnikov line (laughs) (laughs) when there was absolutely no No. reason to do that (laughs) not at all um so yeah that uh that kind of sucked um and there's oh is it a hope prediction hope one of the two more of a hope more of a hope i think than a prediction but yeah i don't really think mike johnson is going to become head coach of the winnipeg jets and i really don't think we're going to win the cup and go undefeated (laughs) in 2022 contrary to i'll call it a hope i'll call it a hope rather than a prediction because um you guys are absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah. But uh, Connor McDavid asks out of Edmonton and the Jets trade for him. <laughs> oh. Actually, that's a prediction. Yeah. Dude, that's they a lost prediction. the Rangers tonight. <laughs> what, what's, the, uh, what's the return? Like, what do we give up? <laughs> uh, we're giving up five first rounders. Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley. Um, Josh Morrissey, Cole Perfetti, Chaz Lucius. Christian Reichel. <laughs> no, that's where I draw the line. That's it. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, guys. This was a ton of fun. Always a good time to chat. I'm excited to see what 2022 has in store. Um, I just got a text from, from April Sauté, whatever it's called, um, shared health and um, negative COVID results. So it's great, great news. I got, I, a I got a PCR. Um, let me see. Eight and a half hours ago. And I got my result just now. So really? Yeah. That's but it's because I'm, it's because I got to go to the healthcare worker one. So ah, okay. <laughs> um, that's why. So that's kind of nice. But premium. Um, yeah. So pardon me. <laughs> I just said premium. <laughs> <laughs> so good vibes through all of 2022. So um, thanks guys for joining me. Super fun to recap what a an interesting year it's been all things considered you know with the with the bubble and the trades and all the coaching change and all this kind of different stuff um yeah we're excited to see um what the next year has in store for the Jets I'm sure we'll see you again at this time next year and we'll have very similar thoughts as always (laughs) um Brian Justin Daniel thank you so much and um take care guys we'll see you all soon I'm Kurt Gilback, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.